Good evening. Welcome once again to our Lectio Divina. Let's begin with a short prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who show the light of your truth to those who go astray, so that they may return to the right path, give all who for the faith they profess are accounted Christians the grace to reject whatever is contrary to the name of Christ, and to strive after all that does it honor. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So once again, welcome to our Lecture Divina and our Gospel for this coming Sunday, the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. But before we go to the actual reflection on the Gospel, as usual, as, just like Sunday, last uh, Lecture Divina, we have tried to understand the first reading or understanding, rather, the prophets, because the prophets are actually the spokespersons of God Yahweh. And if you remember, in 12th Sunday, in Ordinary Time, we have started already the prophet Jeremiah. And last Sunday, we saw the prophet Zechariah. This coming Sunday is the prophet Isaiah. One of the five major prophets. If you remember the five major prophets, they are Isaiah, Baruch, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And then there are the 12 minor prophets. Minor because their books are shorter, while major because their books are longer. Practically, the one of Isaiah is the longest. It has 66 chapters. So Isaiah was really a major prophet. He was born sometime in the year 765 before Christ. And he foretold, and this is very important, he foretold and prophesied the fall of the two kingdoms, the kingdom in the north and the kingdom in the south. The kingdom in the north is the kingdom of Israel, while the kingdom of the south is the kingdom of Judah. Why? Because of the punishment of God for the infidelities of his people. So, pwede natin masabi na si Prophet Isaiah is like a prophet of doom. Imagine prophesying that the two kingdoms will fall. If you remember before that, King Solomon, the kingdom was united. But because of the sins of Solomon, God Yahweh divided the kingdom north and south. And here comes Jeremiah prophesying that these two kingdoms will fall because of their infidelities. Even though his message was hard to be accepted by the people, he also had some messages that are consoling. Because if you know very well, he is also known as the greatest of the messianic prophets. If you remember in Isaiah chapter 17, chapter, four, chapter 7 verse 14, he prophesied that there's this mysterious birth of Emmanuel, God with us. And so that was very consoling that somehow there will be a kind of a Savior, a Messiah. In fact, the most celebrated verse that we hear during the Advent season in chapter 9 of Isaiah, verse 6, we hear that this baby, this boy, will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So, in a way, Isaiah was giving hope to the people who will be under the hands of the enemies, the Babylonians. Remember, he prophesied that these two kingdoms will fall in the hands of the enemies. So the people were not ready to accept that. Parabang sa Isaiah ay parang persona nong grata. But he gave some consoling words. Don't worry. There will be a Savior, Messiah, the Emmanuel, 
Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor. But there's a problem here. You know, the book of Isaiah somehow is divided into three parts. And this coming Sunday, the first reading from the book of Isaiah, it will be coming from chapter 55. Now, the biblical scholars, the experts, they say that these chapters from chapter 40 up to chapter 55 is no longer the work of Isaiah. Isaiah, the per se, belongs to the pre-exilic prophets. That means he was a prophet before the exile. Pre-exilic, before the exile. So he was giving messages before the exile, before the, the fall of Jerusalem, before the fall of the two kingdoms. And he was warning the people, but the people were not listening. But then it on chapters 40 to 55, somehow the settings was different. They were it's no longer the pre-exilic setting. Dito sa chapter 40 to 55, the people of Gansama were already under the hands of the enemies, mga Babylonians. And then the style of writing is different. And not only that, yung different setting, the time, and Jerusalem already fell. And all the nations were already, all the people of the nations were already exiled. So, ang sabi ng mga biblical expert, perhaps this is not the work of Isaiah. Perhaps it was the work of a disciple of Isaiah. So, they call this part, yung chapters 40 to 55, and even up to the chapter 66, they, they call it Deutero Isaiah, prophecies of exilic prophets. So, itong Deutero Isaiah, belongs to the exilic prophets na the prophecy was during the exile. And even beyond that, kaya meron pang nagsasabi, meron pang yung post-exilic like prophet Zechariah, if you remember last lecture divina. So that was the problem here, no? that the message of this uh, Deutero Isaiah belongs to the exilic prophets. So if you compare the messages the pre-exilic and the exilic messages of Isaiah, they're a little bit different because this time, from verse from chapters 40 to 55 and even up to the chapter 66, they are more comforting. They are more hopeful about the future. In fact, pag umabot ka pa ng chapters 56 up to 66, they are more apocalyptic, more eschatological. It's like talking about the new Jerusalem already. So, there is still hope, in other words, besides the messages of Isaiah in the pre-exilic uh, prophecies. So, what happened to Isaiah? Remember, we talk about Zechariah, and according to Matthew 23, verse 35, that he was murdered. No? Zechariah, son of Berechiah. How about Isaiah? Well, there is an apocryphal ancient Jewish book, which is entitled as Martyrdom and Ascension of Isaiah. And they said that Isaiah was sown into two, into half. Dalawa. Kaya sabi nila, o nga, talagang dalawang Isaiah yan. Yung proto-Isaiah, tsaka deutero-Isaiah. Literally, he was sown in two. Kaya in some paintings, we see here Prophet Isaiah was being sown into two. Nilagare <laughs> yung kanyang katawan. So, naging dalawa. No? And this was uh, during the time of King Manasseh who ordered Isaiah cut in two with his wooden saw for predicting the fall of Judah. Eh, ganun eh. Si Isaiah was a, like a prophet of doom. Ayaw na ayaw nila siyang marinig, no? But, uh, you know, this is an apocryph apocryphal writing. Perhaps it's true. Perhaps it's true. Why? Because in the letter to the Hebrews, there's a hint that perhaps this person who was sown into was actually Isaiah. If you read the Hebrews chapter 11, verse 37, there you will find they were stoned or sown in half 
or beheaded. So perhaps, itong sewn in half, this was Isaiah. Uh, the, this chapter was talking about some of the prophets that were martyred. And this sewn in half, perhaps, they were talking about Isaiah. Okay, so, as I have said, this coming uh, Sunday, the first reading is taken from chapter 55 of Isaiah. And uh, perhaps this was written during the time of exile, uh, uh, a Deutero Isaiah writing. And we will uh, hear this coming Sunday this verse from Isaiah. Just as from the heavens the rain and snow come down, so shall be my word. My word shall not return to me void, but shall do my will. Beautiful. That means the word of God is compared to the rain and to the snow. And it will fall everywhere. And this word shall not return to God in void. Just like when the rain falls, it makes the land fertile. And it shall do its will. So it's something very, very positive. Now, focus that word, word. Because in Hebrew, word has a special meaning. When you say in Hebrew, word, that's the Hebrew word, the bar. The bar. Everybody say the bar. The bar. Yan. Pag sinabi yung davar in Hebrew means word and deed at the same time. O anong ibig sabihin yun? Pag sinabi ng Panginoon, tutuparin niya yun. Word and deed at the same time. Hindi kagaya tayo, pag nagsalita, kumisan, iba yung sinabi, iba yung gagawin. <laughs> kumisan, iba yung sinabi at hindi na rin gagawin. Diba? Hindi. Ang Panginoon ay iba. Pag sinabi niya, gagawin yan. Word and deed is the same. That's why in the scripture, God's word is so powerful that what God says happens instantly. If you remember in the book of Genesis, it said, And God said, Let there be light. And what happened? And there was light. It's a powerful word of, of God. Actually, our words are also very powerful. They say that words have no backbone, but it can break bones and soul of a person. Diba? Mayroon tayong mga words na nakakasakit, nakasaksak, <laughs> nakakapatay. Diba? Well, if our words can really hurt, how much more, how much more the words of, of God, which is very powerful, wherein the word and deed, they are the same with God. Let there be light, and there was light. So, it speaks about the power of God's Word. And that will be the theme this coming Sunday, is the power of God's Word. And in the first reading, the Word of God is compared to a rain. The rain is like God's Word. Like rain, God's Word can change dry land into fertile land. I remember when I was in the seminary, I uh, used to, to, to look at our football field in Kanlubang. During summertime, it was really very brown. Talagang tuyon-tuyo pag summertime. Walang kaulan-ulan. And after summertime, around months of May, yung first rain, buhos in one afternoon. The following morning, you can already see some green grass growing. That's the power of rain. It can change the landscape. It can change the dry land. So also the Word of God can do the same thing. It can change us even overnight. So God's Word can change a person also overnight. Can it change us? Well, that depends. Kaya nga tayo papasok ngayon sa gospel. Because in the gospel, it depends whether it can change you, this powerful word of God. It depends whether you are in good disposition. It depends on what kind of person you are. And we will see that in the gospel reading. So let's read now the word of God taken from Matthew 13 verses 1 to 9. Actually, 
The gospel that we will read this coming Sunday is the short form. It's supposed to be Matthew 13, verses 1 to 23. But uh, nevertheless, it's also good to read also the short form. After all, we will even explain the part of the other verses. So, we'll just read to you the short form, which is also very, very strong. And uh, let's see what kind of persons are we in receiving the Word of God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, where it had little soil. It sprang up at once, because the soil was not deep. And when the sun rose, it, it, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So while listening, hearing the word of God, we can ask ourselves what passage that caught our attention, what passage comforted you, what passage somehow challenged you. Did it affect you? Remember, we're talking about the power of the word of God. Did it affect you? And uh, in this uh, gospel passage, remember also the gospel of the previous Sundays. If you remember chapter 10, we are not yet talking here of chapter 11 and 12, chapter 10 when Jesus Christ was talking about the mission, you know. And we have seen that already in the 12th Sunday in ordinary time. And then chapter 11 and 12, chapter 11 if you remember last Sunday, when he speaks about, Father, I thank you for, you have revealed these things to the childlike and not to the wise and the learned. Because they were actually mounting oppositions. The Pharisees and the scribes were not listening to him. These learned people, intellectual people. But those who are childlike, they will understand the mysteries. So thank, thank you, Father. So these chapters 11 and 12, these are chapters of mounting opposition encountered by, by Jesus. So last Sunday, we have seen that already. And then in chapter 12, of course, we will not read that. But if you read chapter 12, you will find some episodes wherein Jesus Christ was questioned why he was curing people during the Sabbath. And then the Pharisees were looking for signs so, talagang maraming kaaway si Jesus. People were not listening to him. In chapter 10, he prepared the disciples. In chapter 11 and 12, mounting oppositions. In chapter 13, these are actually parables. In other words, Jesus explains that this opposition will not succeed in jeopardizing the ultimate triumph of his mission. So he prepared the disciples. They should prepare themselves for opposition, persecution. Chapter 11 and 12, there were oppositions already experiencing by Jesus. And chapter 13 is something positive. Be optimistic that in spite of all these oppositions, there is triumph of our mission through the parables. So in chapter 13, you will find seven parables the Gospel of Matthew. Of course, that is not all the parables in the Gospel of Matthew. You will still find 
comparables in chapter 20, 21, and 22 in the Gospel of Matthew. But in this chapter 13, you already find seven parables. The parable of the sower, the parable of the weeds or the darnel, the parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the yeast, the parable of the lost treasure, the pearls, and the dragnet. Remember, all these parables were narrated by Jesus while he was on the boat along near the seashore and people were there listening along the seashore. So it's a very beautiful scene that he was really explaining to them. That's why even even the parable, the dragnet, there is the, the sea already around him. So he explained how this kingdom of God is like a, a net. For this coming Sunday is the parable of the sower. But in this gospel, which we did not read part of that verses, which I have said we are reading the short form. But if you read the long form, there's a question here why Jesus Christ was talking about parables. Why are you talking about parables? And Jesus Christ explained to them that I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. In other words, he's talking about parables so that they may be able to understand. In common language, through stories, this is a kind of a new evangelization. <laughs> the way Jesus Christ explained the kingdom is in a simple way how the people can perceive and understand. Unfortunately, as I've said, there were still many oppositions. So, in order to understand the mysteries of the kingdom, he uses parables. And in fact, he told the disciples, you know, you're very lucky because prophets long to see what you see, but they did not see. Buti kayo, swerte kayo, nakita niyo ako, narinig niyo ako, ako ang inihintay ng mga propeta. Tapos hindi ba sa inyo, hindi pa nakikinig? And to hear what you hear and never heard it. Now you're hearing it from me. Be, you are fortunate. Sana naman maniwala kayo sa akin. Dasa nandito na ako, hindi ba sa inyo, hindi pa nakikinig. And you, my disciples, listen, believe, and I will explain to you the mysteries of the kingdom. Wherein the learned and the wise, they will not understand. But those who are childlike like you, receptive to the Word of God, perhaps you will understand. Remember the letter of James. Very practical. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Quick to hear because you have two ears. Slow to speak because you have only one mouth. Of course, slow to anger. Iba sa atin kasi, they give the impression that they have two mouths, and only one ear. St. James, sinasabi niya, listen more, hear, and then speak less. And I think it's very practical also when we listen to the Word of God. Hear more, speak less. Let God speak to you. Parable of the sower. Let's read the verse. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. You know, the first question here is this. Who is the sower? Why are we asking this? Because it seems that in the parable, the sower doesn't know how to sow, how no, doesn't know how to plant. Paano naman yung ibang mga binhi, lalagpak sa mga dinadaanan ng tao. Mukhang hindi yata siya nag-iisip. Hindi po ba? No? 
Nga tinatanong natin, sino ba itong sower na ito? Parang walang kaalam-alam. Talaga bang magsasaka ba yan? Talaga bang nagtatanim ba yan? I remember, even in the seminary, when we plant the seeds, talagang meron pang ano yan? Meron pang uh, orga, uh, organized organization on how to to plant it row by by row. Eh ito, parang haphazard, no? Kaya the manner of sowing described in this parable is very sloppy and wasteful. So, if the sower is a landowner, the peasant audience would despise his waste of precious seed. Para bang hinasik lang ganyan? Kahit papaano. Some feel on the footpath. Okay. Paano naman yun? Hindi naman, hindi naman talaga tutubo yan kung tinatapakan ng tao. Di ba? But please remember, this parable is not a lesson on agriculture. So, don't despise the sower. Because it is actually a lesson on God's word that is efficacious and powerful given the proper conditions for its reception. So, just like in the first reading, God's word is like rain. It falls everywhere. Parang ulan. It's like a rain. So God's word can be sowed everywhere. So it's not really, strictly speaking, a lesson on agriculture. It's a lesson that God's word is powerful even though it can fall anywhere. It is also efficacious given the proper conditions for its reception. So the sower is Jesus Christ. And this word of Jesus is living and Active. This is coming from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, that's a very beautiful description of the Word of God. Efficacious, powerful. Pero, as I've said, it depends on the proper conditions for its reception. So here it explained that Jesus Christ is actually the sower, sowing the word of the kingdom. And it's about trusting in the words and works of Jesus, which while marked by failure or disappointment, will finally succeed. Here we will see the first failure somehow of Jesus. He proclaimed the word of God, but some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and devoured them. That's the first failure. Pero, tandaan natin, kahit na may failure, one day it will succeed. But he was just showing that this is also one failure that we can experience ourselves. That uh, we try talk and talk and it falls on dead ears. It's like, like the birds are like the devils taking away the word of Jesus from us. So Jesus Christ will explain who are these people who are like uh, this footpath. So he will explain that the sea that landed on a footpath signify those who hear the message without understanding. You will find that Matthew 13, 19, which I, which I have said, we did not read that anymore. We, we follow the short form. Pero Jesus Christ explained that these are people who hear the word of God but without understanding. These are seeds that landed on the hearts of people. Perhaps this, these people are very busy. Perhaps these people are very active in life. But without even a minute or two each day to listen and understand God's Word. Oh, this one is already a, a reflection to all of us. When we hear the Word of God, especially when we are in the church or perhaps even the online masses, we hear the Word of God, but did you reflect on it? Did you understand it? You know, the Word of God is being sown to you right now. Do you try to understand it? I remember when I celebrated many years ago, celebrating the Mass in the mall in Glorieta, we were just in the corridor, you know. It may not be a very beautiful uh, place for Mass because it was just along the corridor, but people 
Many people were really, really very attentive, you know, listening to the Word of God. But you can see also some people just passing by, walking. But you know, you can see some people while passing by and they saw that there, there is a Mass, they stop and then they attend Mass. Some people just continue walking. But then at the end of the Mass, you know, Father, this one is a very good opportunity for me because usually I don't go to church. But when I saw that there is a Mass here, I stop. And somehow... I, I was taken up by, by your word, by the homily, by the word of God. And uh, could you hear my confession? You see, there's, there are also conversions like that. It's just like celebrating the Mass in the street. Although you, we miss the street Mass because of this pandemic. But when you celebrate the Mass in the street, you know, people are also just passing by, you know. But there are people who are active. Perhaps some, some people will stop. And then listen to the word of God. Others will not. Even in the market, in Legaspi, for example, the Legaspi market, some people are there. And then when they see that there is a mass, they stop. A minute or two is also good. And then you try to understand the word of God. In other words, we can already begin with our reflection, contemplation, how to, to examine and put the word of God into action. And the first question that we can ask ourselves, the Word of God demands time, like prayer, prayer time, liturgical time, for the Word of God to be understood and to take root. Do I dedicate enough time to hear and study the Word of God? This lecture divina is already a moment for us to understand the Word of God. And thanks be to God, many of you are, are dedicating their time to this lecture divina. So, it is also a moment for us to understand the Word of God. It's not only you trying to understand. I'm also trying to understand. Even while I prepare this Lecture Divina, I begin to understand better. Spend more time in understanding the Word of God. Continuing our Gospel passage, verse 5, Some fell on rocky ground where it had little soil, it sprung up at once because the soil was not deep. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. So here we find the second failure. You remember the first failure? The word of God fell on footpath. The second failure... The word of God fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. So, pwedeng umusbong, it can grow immediately and then it will die. So, Jesus Christ explained that the seed that fell on rocky ground signified those who receive it with joy. But trials and persecutions made the message last only for a time because it has no Roots. Matthew 13, verse 21. It has no roots. So these are people who receive the word of God with joy. Pero because of the lack of soil and roots, it died. They were touched perhaps at the beginning or trailed, but it was superficial. Just emotion more than anything else. Even in our charismatic experience, sometimes we even hear the Word of God with tears. And when someone is preaching, sometimes we are taken up by this, uh, by this Word of God being explained to us. Unfortunately, baka naman hanggang emotions lang, which is also not good, superficial. It should really touch our hearts and then put it into action. So here, we can ask ourselves how we can put this word, this verse into action. Let us ask ourselves, do I receive the word of God only on the emotional or superficial level? Because we can be, you know, na-inspired ka sa word of God. O na-inspired ako sa homily ni Father. No? Pero after the Holy Mass, what change did it bring in your life? So it's important that there will be a change. You know? Just like the rain fell on dry ground and then suddenly it becomes green, you see. 
The Word of God is like rain. It can change us also, not only emotionally in the superficial level, but really the grass growing, becoming green because of the roots no? and the good soil. So St. James chapter 1, verse 22, he has some words about this. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. <laughs> in other words, sabi niya, wag lang kayong nakikinig. Dapat doers rin. There's a big difference between hearers and doers. If you remember, even in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 26 to 27, Jesus Christ already made a difference of those people who hear the Word of God but did not put into practice. They are like people who build their houses on sand. Rain fell, floods came, and it buffeted the house, destroyed. But those who hear the Word of God and put it into practice, doers of the Word of God are those People who build their house on rock. Rain fell. Flood came. But the house remained because it was founded on rock. This, the difference between doers and hearers. See, St. James, he has also a very beautiful comparison between those who are doers and hearers. Kung si, ano, si Isaiah... He compared the Word of God like rain, you know, falling. And Jesus Christ explained those doers putting the house on rock. See, St. James naman, yung mga, for anyone who is just a hearer of the Word and a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. So, yung mga taong uh, nakinig lang ng salita ng Diyos pero wala naman silang ginawa, hindi naman sila nagbago, ay parang yung mga taong tumingin sa salamin, nagsuklay, masaya sila. Wow! Ang ganda ko pala sa salamin. <laughs> wow! Ang pogi ko pala. Di, ang saya mo, tumawa ka sa alapan ng salamin. Hmm. Pag alis mo, Wala na. Nakalimutan mo na yung sarili mo. Di mo na alam kung ano yung mukha mo. Di ba? Ganun yung mga hearers lang of the Word of God. Tumingin sa salamin, pag alis na, wala na. Nakalimutan na yung mukha niya. Nakalimutan niya yung sarili niya. So, hopefully we are not like that. When we hear the Word of God, it's not just like looking at ourselves on a mirror. No. You remember that you are in the image and likeness of of God. That is your real image. That you must be obedient, obedient to God. Because you were created in the image and likeness of God. Verse 7. Some seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it. Ah, ito na yung third failure. <clears throat> ano ulit yung first failure? Some seed fell on footpaths. The second failure, some seed fell on rocky ground. And the third fail, failure, some seed fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked them. And Jesus Christ explained that this seed that fell on thorns, fell among thorns, they have plenty of worries about the world. And lure of riches choke the word and produces nothing. In other words, ito yung mga nakinig sa salita ng Diyos, pero busy-busy rin naman sila eh. Sa mga gawain sa mundo, o kaya makamundo. Ha? Sa pera, di ba? After that, nakalimutan na ang salita ng Diyos. So, hindi rin sila binago ng salita ng Diyos. Mas importante sa kanila yung mundo kaysa sa salita. These are Christians who think that the world is more important than the Word of God. The world is more important than the Word of God. They have forgotten that the Word of God created the world. Kaya nga yung mga tao masyadong makamundo ang pag-iisip, nakakalimutan nila ang salita ng Diyos. Sana tayo, hindi natin makalimutan ang salita ng Diyos kahit na tayo ay nasa mundo because the Word of God is more important than the world because the Word created the world. 
As our contemplation, reflection, we can ask ourselves, what are my worldly anxieties that choke the word of God off? What are my concerns that are worldly that choke the word of God? Meron ba akong pinagkaabalahan dito sa mundong ito? Huh? Trabaho, pera, kayamanan. Ito ba ang aking pinagkakaabalahan para hindi ako makinig sa salita ng Diyos? Or other worldly anxieties, what are those? And finally, verse 8, But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. Maswerte tayo, meron tayong tenga. Nung panahon ni Jesus, ang pinakamalalang uh, kapansanan ay yung hindi ka makarinig. Those who are impaired of hearing. At least we begin by hearing the Word of God because you have ears. And the worst impediment that you can have is not to be able to hear. And in fact, the most solemn prayer of the people of God in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, Shema, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hear, O Israel, Israel. So the organ of hearing is very important. But begin by hearing. Then comes the doing. Because the rich soil is someone who hears the word of God and understands it and yields a rich harvest. This is what Jesus said. And it is a challenge for us to be this rich soil, someone who hears the word of God and understands it. If you examine this uh, parable of the sower, you might be thinking that the parable uh, is a little bit pessimistic. Parabang one-fourth lang ang success, the other three-fourth failure. Certainly, the parable does not want to say that only one-fourth of hearers will receive the Word of God with a receptive heart. Hindi naman yun ang ibig sabihin yan. Ang sinasabi lang natin, o dito sa parable na ito, yung mga three failures na yun, it can happen. The some fell on footpaths, some on rocky ground, some on the among thorns. Pero, palagay ko, mas marami pa rin yung rich soil. Eh, siguro naman yung nagasik, yung sower, mas alam niya talaga kung ano yung dapat ah, bigyan ng tamang binhi o anong tamang, ano yung tamang uh, lupa na dapat tumanggap ng binhi. No? So, I think it's more than one-fourth. No? Because the parable is actually a parable of optimism and joy. Despite the losses and failures. And this, I think, is the message of the parable. It's a parable of optimism. That the Word of God is effective, efficacious, is powerful. That's why the harvest for Jesus is greater than the losses. <laughs> Di ba maganda rin yan sa atin? Optimistic. Na kahit na sa palagay mo, hindi ka pinapakinggan ng iyong anak, ang dami mo nang sinabi, wala pa rin, eh, meron pa rin yung binhi na mamumunga. Siguro, hindi ngayon, baka bukas. <laughs> baka after one month, no, magbago. So, no matter how many people will not listen to us, even when we preach about the Word of God, there will be the fruits also of our labor that are still there and perhaps even greater than the losses that we will experience or the failures that we experience. Kaya nga tanongin mong sarili mo, frustrated ka ba na hindi ka pinapakinggan na mga tao kung sino yung pinagsasabihan mo? Frustrated ka ba na hindi ka pinapakinggan na mga anak mo? Don't worry. Jesus Christ also experienced frustrations. In fact, there were many frustrations in the life of Christ. Some people did not follow Him. Some people did not understand Him. Some people did not believe in Him. Some people left Him. Some people crucified Him. These are real frustrations perhaps for Jesus. But Jesus Christ knew that there is still the triumph. 
triumph over frustrations, and many became believers. For us who are believers in this ecclesial community, it's a big challenge for us to be able to communicate the Word of God. Every ecclesial community and family must be able to communicate the Word of God. We cannot enter the church, but every house is a domestic church. And that domestic church, you can share the Word of God. You can communicate the Word of God among family members. And this now, today, in this pandemic, is very, very challenging for us to be able to communicate the Word of God, especially to our family members, relatives, friends. So every ecclesial community and family is challenged to communicate the Word of God, to sow the Word of God. Because sowing the Word of God is characterized by patience and creativity. Kailangan natin yan. Nakita naman natin sa parable, you need patience. Kahit naman yung mga magsasaka, pag nagtanim yan, hindi man kagad lalaki yung tinanim nila. It takes time, di ba? That's the reason why Jesus Christ chose this parable of the sower, comparing that to His Word. It takes time for the plant to grow. Kaya we need patience. So when we say something to people, when you say something, advice to, to children and to anybody, you need patience. Perhaps hindi ka agad mamumunga yan. Pero there will be a time that there will be a change. And we have to be more creative. Nowadays, new ways on how to evangelize, new evangelization, even the online masses, even this lecture is a new way. Because of this pandemic, we have to be creative, especially during these times. We don't know how long this pandemic will, will stay. And the challenge here is to pass on the Word of God. We have the tradition. And part of our tradition, if you remember, I explained it to you in one lecture, is passing on the Bible. Kaya nga ang tanong nun, di ba? Tinanong natin, saan ba nanggaling yung Bible? Where did the Bible come from? <laughs> the Bible came from the Catholic Church. Please remember that. In the year 367, St. Athanasius already made a list of the 73 books. In the year 367. And in the year 383, Pope Damasus I approved those 73 books. And then it was approved that same year in a Council of Rome. And then it was ratified in the year 393 in the Council of Hippo and in the Council of Carthage in the year 397. So you see, the Bible was really complete in the 4th century. So, hindi mo pwedeng sabihin na ang Biblia ang nauna kaysa sa simbahan. Meron ng simbahan noon, wala pa nga yung yung Biblia talaga na alam natin na 73 books. It was only approved, ratified in the 4th century. And it was St. Jerome who translated the Greek Bible into Latin also in the 4th century. And there were 73 books. And what happened in the 1st century, 2nd and 3rd century? Yung mga Kristiyano ba, hindi sila naligtas dahil sa wala pang Biblia? Hindi, naligtas rin yan. Kahit na wala pa yung Biblia. Nauna naman yung simbahan eh. It is to the the passing on the Word of God by tradition. Kaya importante yung tradition. Kahit na wala pa yung Biblia. And through tradition, we pass on the Bible. And this Bible, the first Bible that was printed using the movable type printing was only in the 15th century. You remember that printing of this kind was, was, was invented by Johannes Gutenberg in Germany. And he invented that in 1439 That was about 40 years uh, before Martin Luther, the Protestant, was born. So, he invented the printing. And in 1450s, the first book that was printed was the Catholic Bible with 73 books. And that was a very beautiful book because it was actually a 42-line Bible, you know. This is called as the Gutenberg Bible. In the world now, there are only about 49 copies surviving. And this is 
the Bible that was printed in the 1450s even before the Protestants came. And this Bible has 73 books, not 66. That's the Catholic Bible, 73 books. Remember, in this parable of the sower, Satan's greatest weapon is man's ignorance of God's word. So it is a challenge for us this coming Sunday. Let us not be ignorant of God's word. Let us be hearers and doers. As a final reflection, we can ask ourselves, the word of God only prospers on good soil. How do I prepare myself and best receive God's word? How do you prepare yourself? How do I prepare myself to be receptive to this God's word? And then, how do I sow or share the word of God to others? Perhaps we can begin in our small family, in our small community. Perhaps you can also begin with your friends. How do you sow and share the word of God? Perhaps you can also share this Lecture Divina to others. It's also one way of sowing and sharing the Word of God. And in this pandemic, it's really a challenge for us to be hearers, doers, and sowers of the Word of God. Let us now pray over this Word of God that we just heard. Let us close our eyes. And let's conclude with a prayer from Psalm 65. Lord, you have visited the land and watered it. Greatly have you enriched it. God's water courses are filled. You have prepared the grain. Thus have you prepared the land, drenching its furrows, breaking up its clods, softening it with showers, blessing its yield. You have crowned the year with your bounty, and your paths overflow with rich harvests, and the untilled meadows overflow with it, and rejoicing clothes the hills. The fields are garmented with flocks, and the valleys blanketed with grain. They shout and sing for joy. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, good night, and God bless you all.